so excitedly for us having to start over (laughs) i was trying to pretend like we're all really having a great time here (laughs) okay okay guess what everybody that is not sabrina because she already knows we got new equipment so hopefully we sound a lot better right now that i kept muting which is why we're (laughs) having to start anyway (laughs) yes so this is take two Fortunately, we did not get very far before we realized that I was being muted the whole time I was trying to tell everybody a fun story. Well, at least we'll get a lot less tangents. You're welcome. Yeah. Fortunately for everyone, barely got started, and now we can actually do uh, what we all came here for. Something about a podcast. Something, I don't know. Um, Not just a fireside chat of Elizabeth and Sabrina. Yeah. We should have done that podcast. (laughs) Um. So yeah, so we're really stoked. We got our new sound stuff. We're really professional. We're doing great. We found the mute button. We found... Sabrina was well aware of where the mute buttons were. Just not her own. So here we are. That's what you get for shitting on Lifetime so much. Oh my god. Okay, guys. I'm doing a Lifetime movie. I hate Lifetime movies. I love Lifetime movies. So clearly we're at a point of contention here. But... (laughs) Anyway, if we seem bitchier than normal, that is why also. No, we're not. Mercury's in retrograde. Mercury is definitely in retrograde. We have had it. We've <sighs> felt the wrath of Mercury. No kidding. Okay, so let's be real professionals. Um, professional, and let's let's not. We had a really good start to the other episode. That's the only thing I'm sad about. <laughs> I can clip things in. No, 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 no. Don't. It's fine. Here's what I want to say. We're sorry that our audio sucked for so long. Oh my gosh. Okay. Here's, we really thought we were out here doing something. We thought we are professionals. We sound great. We Um, were wrong. We were very delusional. So we have a lot of episodes that are just basically unusable now. And one of the things that we had wanted to talk about was how sometimes in some of our episodes, we're referring to things that seem like they don't exist. (laughs) They do. They're just just on episodes you're probably never going to hear. They're vaulted episodes. (laughs) Yeah. Like Disney vaulted movies. Right. If you ever are just dying for your ears to bleed, ask us for those episodes and we'll send them to you for the low, low cost of your precious eardrums. (laughs) Yeah, turn the volume down down when sabrina talks up when i talk <laughs> ignore the static and you know maybe there's some dogs it's fine maybe and if, if there's an echo you get to hear it twice so yeah, you're so, welcome um needless to say we were not as well off as we thought we were but hopefully we have turned things around and to anybody who listens to all our old episodes just don't come back to us we're sorry if you left it wasn't our fault we didn't know any better we're getting there and so everybody who stuck it out with us even though our audio has our audio wow our audio has been garbage we have new equipment the same mouths though so same mouths can improve that sabrina is unfortunately here to stay despite (laughs) the fact that she for whatever reason likes lifetime movies so anyways 
Okay. They're amazing. Elizabeth's opinion sucks right now, but that's fine. Mm. We still love her. I'm doing The Girl in the Shed. The Kidnapping of Abby Hernandez, which, for anyone who has not gathered, is a Lifetime movie. <laughs> but it is on Hulu. I Okay, if Lifetime can partner with Hulu, I Nobody feel said like partner. Hulu is probably just grasping for content an older audience <laughs> they're like we have all these young kids on here watching anime but we need some millennials i don't know young i don't work kids for watching an- oh yeah all the anime is on hulu a lot of anime is on yeah hulu. i watch uh spy x family on hulu i watch so. chainsaw man on hulu nice i the i watch it with rupert's little bro- brother as like a bonding thing not like you don't like anime i mean i don't you gotta write. You gotta watch the right ones. Yeah, I don't hate it. For a long like, time, I really thought I didn't like anime, but I do. I cannot get enough. I like Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, that's not really anime though. Well, I think it counts in my book. I like Naruto. I have Naruto socks on right now. I know everybody else can't see. I know. I remember watching the first episode of Naruto when it came out on what's that station? Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Really late at night. I think I watched that one episode multiple it's slow times in the beginning it. well i actually liked good. that episode yeah i mean i'm just saying for people who don't get past like the first five episodes stick it out it's good i feel like I this cry. is the office all over again okay i'm not doing this with you <laughs> so this movie the girl in the shed the kidnapping of abby hernandez it came out on lifetime february 26 2022 and it is part of lifetime's Ripped from the headlines saga. And so. I've already been instructed that I can't just do yes. a string of Lifetime movies. So you're welcome. So for anybody who likes Lifetime movies, wrong podcast. I'm Maybe just kidding. I'll just start my no, own we'll podcast. Do, we'll do, don't you dare. <laughs> I'll do Lifetime movie podcast. No, uh, we can do some Lifetime movies on this podcast. Case in point. I'm doing a Lifetime movie right now. But the reason I'm doing this Lifetime movie is because I'm in the middle of finals. Well, not quite. I'm studying to be in the middle of finals in a matter of days. So I needed a movie that I was not going to obsess over. Do you get a week off before finals? No. Oh. No. I have actually everything happening this week, and that's why I'm feeling a little stressy. I have finals. I have my honors presentation. I have people at work giving me actual work to do. Yeah. That's not okay. No. They didn't get the memo. I tried to tell my boss that I'm just there to look pretty. <laughs> and he told me to just get back to work. <laughs> so, whatever. So, yeah. anyway, safe to say that this movie is based off of true events, considering it's ripped from the headlines. On Lifetime. On. Stop. <laughs> Lifetime is not paying you. You don't have to pretend to like it. I want everyone to love Lifetime just as much as me and uh, not just for the Christmas movies. We already determined that was Hallmark. Either way. Okay. Hallmark is also great for Christmas movies. <clears throat> Whatever. So the movie stars Lindsay Navarro as Abby Hernandez, Ben Savage as Nathaniel Kibbe, and Erica Durance as Zenia Hernandez. It was written by Michael Verkerman and directed by Jessica Harmon. And yeah, being completely transparent, I am not very familiar with Lifetime movies because the acting tends to be a little bit cheap. Because shitty childhood. No. Uh, <laughs> Yes, also that, but not my reason for not liking Lifetime uh, is because the acting is a little bit on the cheesy side, and this movie is no exception. Rude. Let me just hate in peace, dude. Let me just love in peace. I d- Are Vocally you kidding me right out now? loud? <laughs> yeah, keep your- I'm spreading my peace. Why don't you- 
Keep your disgusting love inside. Bottle oh, it up. Now I feel really judged. You're doing this. I know what you're doing right now. And you're trying to make me seem like a bitch. And I am not a bitch. <laughs> oh, you're really not a bitch. But you just bring that quality out in me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're best friends. Uh, anyway, I love you. That's I fine. love you too. And I also love Lifetime movies. Okay. All right, I'm done. <laughs> what I was going to say is what particularly drew me into this Lifetime movie is not because I had an interest in Lifetime movies, but because Abby Hernandez is an executive producer on this movie, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. And I, we don't think that is normal. And yeah, I don't think that's normal at all. So good for her. Good for her. She negotiated her way into it. Because normally they just kind of rip think, stories yeah, just off of like, people. Do you, right ripped from the headline that was not funny i don't know why i whatever i hate mercury (laughs) all right so as you might expect not sabrina i'm not talking to you um it has a pretty low rating on rotten tomatoes the audience score is 22 percent, and it has less than 50 ratings and then on imdb the rating is only 5.4 out of 10 stars and not a single snotty comment came from me yeah you're welcome. Uh, I personally didn't enjoy the movie very much, but the story itself is pretty interesting. Well, so tell us all about it. I'm going to. Last thing. I did not write down all the trigger warnings like normally I would because I suck. So what I want to say is that this story is very heavy on discussions of like sexual assault, physical assault, and all kinds of trauma that would be associated with being kidnapped not a comfy episode so if you don't like it like that kind of stuff or if it makes triggers you makes you uncomfortable maybe another episode we have a really good one about mcdonald's except for you can't hear it very well (laughs) um just stay tuned for the next episode yeah no for sure we'll definitely we don't always cover really horrible stuff it just unfortunately falls in the category of things that both sabrina and i do enjoy from time to time well and it's typically this stuff that gets The synopsis that Google had is literally only a sentence. So I went ahead on to Wikipedia, who at least did the decency of giving this movie a paragraph. Do you ever check Rotten Tomatoes for their synopsis? Yeah. I mean, most places were just doing one sentence because I don't know if you got the memo, but this is the Lifetime movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not commenting back. Now I'm just going to egg you the whole time. (laughs) Wait till the end when I explode about Lifetime movies. (laughs) All right, so here's what the Wikipedia little plot summary said. When she was 14 and days away from her 15th birthday, Abby Hernandez accepted a ride from a stranger while on her way home from school. This mistake results in her being kidnapped and held captive by Nathaniel Kibbe. For nine months, Nathaniel keeps her locked in a storage container located on his property and repeatedly abuses her. Abby carefully thinks of a plan to gain the trust of her abductor in order to survive and make it back home, while her mother, Zenya, goes to the police to try and find Abby. When the police are unable to help her, Zenya takes action of her own to search for Abby and struggles to keep up hope of reuniting with her daughter. Question. Go ahead. Are you going to talk about the serial killer any, or is it just Abby's story? Or is it... He's not a serial killer. Oh, just one murder. That was my my actual question. Not even a murder, bro. Okay. Everybody lives. Well, cool. That's yeah, so there's a light at the end of this tunnel. Don't which you Which is not usual for us. Or yeah. for me, at least. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he's not a serial killer. Nope. Just one time. Just the one guy kidnapped this one girl. The one time. That we know of, yeah. As far as I know. I, if you 
are cool with it. Just an idea. I wanted to tell you what happens. And oh, a little bit about this guy. I just wanted and a little about the girl I kidnapped. <laughs> I just didn't know what angle you were going at. I'm coming from every angle, baby. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Did I make that sound as gross as possible? Yes. <laughs> All right, now are you gonna let me talk? Yeah, I guess so. If it's <laughs> if it stops that from happening. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. My goal is to make you as uncomfortable as possible. It's working. <laughs> So Abigail Hernandez was born on October 12th, 1998 in Manchester, New Hampshire to Ruben and Zenia Hernandez. There's not a lot of information that I can find online about her life prior to the kidnapping, but I'll go ahead and share with you what I found. And as always, my sources are going to be in the show notes. So Abby's mother, Zenia, was a registered nurse. And after divorcing Abby's father, she was raising Abby and her sister, Sarah, as a single mother. Zenia described Abby as always being very kind, loving animals, and being a very cheerful and happy child. Abby was a freshman at Kennett High School, which is located in a small town in North Conway, New Hampshire. The town had a population of about 2,000 people and bordered the White Mountain National Forest and is described as being a quintessential small American town. Cute. Cute, right? I wish I lived up north. That's like, I want a, a summer home in Connecticut. As I want a summer home in Connecticut. <laughs> oh my God, no big deal. You want to just go to my summer house in Connecticut? <laughs> it's a dream of mine. My winter house is in Alaska. Honestly, if you wanted to go. Honestly, I would be happy with that. I would not go to your winter house in Alaska. That's cold. In well, the winter? Yeah. No, no I know. We but, can do summer in Alaska. Okay, but think about it. Like, in Alaska, in winter, you're just, like, shut in at your house, and it forces you to, like, relax and That's true. take up hobbies and stuff. I would just want a full-time house in Alaska. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. Ugh, I wanted to live in Alaska since I can remember. <laughs> okay, so, small, little, cute town in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. No crimes really ever happened there. Um, Until now. No, I mean, the crimes happen, but nothing really happened notably there. Nothing headlining. I don't know. I'm not from New Hampshire. (laughs) I'm just telling you what they say about this little town. New Hampshire as a whole, actually, from what I saw, doesn't really have a high crime rate. Yeah, they have a pretty low crime rate. That's one of Rupert's considered places oh my god let's move there aren't you moving to pittsburgh or something with your steeler people fuck seriously (laughs) do you do this on purpose like every time isn't that no oh no because i was gonna get you a jersey and that was wrong yeah okay we like the ravens which is fully the opposite of the steelers where are the ravens they're baltimore baltimore You got it. You're doing it. Yeah. Don't you worry. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, wow, Sabrina, she really knows sports yeah. by the end of this podcast. Wait till you hear the blindside episode. <laughs> you will not. <laughs> oh, well, maybe that. Okay. No, I, here's what I want to do. I want to just tease everybody about these really horrible episodes. They're never going to be able to hear. And it's like the content is great. It really but the is. audio sucks. <laughs> and then people are going to be like, God, I really wish that I could hear that. It's basically like, never mind, that doesn't make sense. Carrot on a thread. I literally was going to be like, it's like having an OnlyFans. But it's not. <laughs> it's not even a little bit like having an OnlyFans. We're fully clothed most There's of the time. There's zero video linked to it at all. <laughs> podcast idea that this is really serious. We have an OnlyFans. And we use it to market our podcast by doing stuff. And then we say... You like my butt? Check out my podcast. <laughs> I was trying to figure out where this was going. You think you like my butthole? Check out my podcast. 
so I'll just write that one down. It sounds like you really like it. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, um, I'll bring it up at the next meeting. <laughs> which, okay, the meetings normally happen when our audio can't figure out our audio equipment. Well, now we have audio, so. Never having a meeting again. <laughs> We're really okay, going to just derail this whole podcast. On, you sleep on it and you let me know. Well, I would say, okay, but I'm not sleeping right now, so joke's on you. All right, well, whenever you get around to it. In like two years, maybe. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, anyway. Oh, see, here I thought you weren't going to say anything funny. <laughs> Look at me. We have professional equipment, but we are still not professionals. I don't know what you're talking about. I just had a very professional idea, and you, you shut it down. We'll put it on the whiteboard that we don't have yet. Okay, dude, I'm going to consult our marketing team. Oh, wait, that's me. Anyway. <laughs> 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 so basically the point that we were coming from is that crime not an issue in new hampshire don't you worry and abby did not worry so she would walk to and from school every day because it was a safe place which that's just so <laughs> baffling to me because rupert talks about how he used to walk to and from school too and i was like i literally had like an hour bus ride yeah Ever, like, I wasn't even allowed to ride the bus, much less definitely not walk. Though. Yeah, like that was that was just not a thing. And we live in yeah. like, the middle of the country. Like there's not really any crime either. But like, yeah, but I mean, how that would have been a long walk for me. Yeah, well, that's fair. Me too. But yeah, so she would walk back and forth from school every day. And she had a few close friends. Her best friend's name was Miranda. And she met her in the seventh grade. And then she had a boyfriend named Jimmy. And it does not say where she met him. So we mm. have to assume probably at school. Probably. Because how, how old is she at this point? What grade mm, is she in? She is only 14, about to be 15. Oh, so she's a freshman. Freshman, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of Abby's other friends talked about how she had a really nice personality and she could pretty much just befriend anyone she talked to. Oh, and also she was studying German and robotics her freshman year. Uh, one of the foreign exchange students knew seven languages. That's cr- I want to be that person. I cannot do it. <laughs> like, I don't have the self-discipline con- like, to... I get so stressed out by languages. Yeah. I wish I could speak a bunch of languages, though, but I cried my way through my semester of Spanish, so. But I did it. You did it. I don't know. I just don't have the brain power. Yeah. I can't do English very well, so. I don't even know, like, my mom's native language either. And That's true. What if I just learned how to speak to, is it Tagalog, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if I just learned how to speak that and then I just, like, randomly started talking to your mom? I bet you would feel so dumb. I would be able to understand it, though, so no. I can understand it. I can't speak it. Whatever. Don't ruin my dream. <laughs> also, her lumpia has been pretty bad recently. Ah, she's been... Uh, so, she hasn't been making it. She's been ordering it. Oh, lame. Yeah. And it's it's not mama's cooking. That actually makes me feel a lot better that I can't eat it. Well, she's been ordering shrimp. Oh, that's not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You can eat that. Yeah. If you are eating seafood that day. I try not to eat a lot of fish because it makes my belly hurt if that's like the only yeah. like meat I'm eating. Okay. Real serious business. No more tangents. No more tangents. I'm just kidding. That's a lie. We're definitely going to go on a tangent. But back to the story. We should like bet ourselves something one day. Do you want to have a bet to see if we can make it through a whole episode without a tangent? For like something small, like a good piece of chocolate or something. Okay. That doesn't matter enough for me. I need someone (laughs) to give me money. You don't want me to go on a tangent. Give me some money. All right, husbands. You're out there. I want some money. All right. On October 9th, 2013, Abby was seen leaving the school by the librarian at approximately 2.30 p.m., taking her usual route home. Abby was texting with her boyfriend, Jimmy, who was riding the school bus home as she was walking home. In case you haven't understood from my notes she was walking home i got it okay cool i only said it 15 times so unfortunately abby was wearing brand new boots to school she looked good they were like nice okay in the movie 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what she actually looked like, but she had like the like high, almost like knee high leather boots with a little heel oh, on them. Yeah. You know, that My was our favorite. jam. Yeah. That was our jam back in the I day. I do have newly bought thigh high boots. Yeah. Hers weren't like thigh high, but. And I don't know that these are, I don't know what she was wearing for real, for real. Yeah. But in the movie, it was like the, you know, those boots. And, uh. We're made for walking. I love that song. If you go up to Storm and you say those boots and he'll, he'll sing it, he'll finish oh it out God, for so you. cute. But yeah, so as you can imagine, her feet were sore. Because oh, yeah. she was trying to break in her new boots. Well, she was walking around in yeah. school all day, too. So Amateur mistake. I mean, we did it a hundred times <laughs> over, so not even mad at her. And we were amateurs. Yeah. And we didn't even have to walk home, thank God. I would have died. I did figure out at one point, though, that it, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but I would tell Sam, or was it Sam or Paul, I would just tell one of them to put on my heels really quick so they would stretch them out uh, for yeah. me. Yeah, I, I don't remember who. I yeah. mean, both had huge feet. <laughs> yeah. um, it was one of them. I think it was mm. well we're gonna see them soon so we can in like them. two weeks i'm so excited i forgot they were going i am excited to see them though yes so since we're just having our own personal conversation basically all my siblings because i have a hundred they're all coming to this we don't all live in the same area or Is state your mom going to mm-hmm. but not on the same day as us oh yeah all my siblings are coming together and we're gonna have like a little reunion and it's gonna be so fun because like my I haven't seen my brothers in years. Yeah. So and I'm an honorary. I Frampton. see Ray all the time. I love her, but <laughs> not all the time. That's an exaggeration. But I do see her or could see her all the well, time. Well, you have like an open line of communication with her. Yeah. Pretty frequently um, too. But like my brothers have had kids now, and they're not babies anymore. Yeah. So like our kids get to meet each other. We've only seen each other and talked to each other on like Zoom. It's gonna be really fun. I'm so yeah. excited. And Sabrina's coming because she's family by proxy. I am honorary Frampton. Yep. So. Way to just dox me, dude. Dox you? What does that mean? You said my last name on the podcast. Oh. I'm just kidding. Does it count anymore? No, it doesn't count anymore. (laughs) I'm just joking. It doesn't really matter if it did. People are going to find me when they look for my OnlyFans. What does doxing mean? Is that like ratting literally you when out? you like put people? So doxing for real is like when you put people's like full name and address and everything online. Oh, like what? Not important. Never mind. Anyway, we are quickly losing money. I'm sorry. I said never mind. Forget <laughs> I even said it. Nobody knows what I was going to say. Okay. Okay. I lost my spot. Cut. 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 While I try and find my spot. Don't you dare leave that. In. <laughs> that would suck. Okay, so as she's walking home, her feet are getting really sore from her new boots. And when a car stops and asks her if she needs a ride home, well, it's a truck, not a car, Mm -hmm. stops and asks if she needs a ride home, she says yes. She says that she agrees to get in the car because he looked like someone who was friendly, local, and nothing about him felt particularly suspicious. Oh, okay. So she, like, actually says this because a lot of the information I'm getting comes from a 2020 interview that she did. Okay. And I have to, like, say, okay, if you're a person who walks home and you're in this small town, 2,000 people is not that many people. Like, we come from a town that's way more than that. Yeah. Well, I feel like if, like, I actually knew them, I would say yes. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to think from her side of things of, like, you're in this small town where everybody knows everybody. Nothing bad can happen. Nothing bad happens. You walk home every single day. Like, she probably was just, like, he looks like someone who's from around here. And he was from around there. Mm. So it's, like, he wasn't wrong, per se, about that part. Technically, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and she was young, too. Yeah, exactly. 
our feet were probably hurting really so bad. So bad. Think about how bad our feet would hurt sometimes. <laughs> my feet still hurt bad. Remember when we went to Nashville? Yes. Oh my God, my feet were killing me. I wore those really high boots and we were walking and then I ended up having to just take them off and be a disgusting person who walked in my bare feet for a minute. No, you put my shoes on, remember? Oh, that's right. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because we got like, I got shoes. You had shoes in your bag. Yeah, I had my Birkenstocks in my bag and you wore those. Yeah. And the shoes that I had were actually ordered from Amazon and got super lucky they had the gel yeah. sole or whatever. And I had no idea that's what I was buying. Oh my God, I had like platform boots on and I <laughs> mistake. It would have been cool if we were just like walking on a flat area, but we were walking up all these hills and well, stuff. Well, do you remember we were trying to go to that show yes. and the GPS <gasps> was so wrong? Let me tell you we guys, if you go to, to Nashville... And you are trying to go to House of Cards. Which do is, not do it. Uh, Just okay. do not. First of all, I'm not going to get into it for long, but we could not find it. It is so hard to find. It's in a museum. It's and in the basement of a yeah, museum. Yeah, and it doesn't give you any indication where it's at. So we literally parked right beside it and then walked for blocks because we couldn't find it. And the maps was like, yeah, the map was telling us we were there, but we're like, we don't see it anywhere. And no one on the street could tell us where to go right miserable my feet were killing me well and then like when we got there it was just a bad time overall yeah the magician was really mean to us <laughs> and we were we were really disappointed we were like we were following the doorman's instructions yeah. like and the food was bad like uh, yeah. what well, wasn't like bad bad but it wasn't not for what it was what we paid for yeah it, it was not <laughs> It was like if you went to Chili's quality food. Anyway, that's our review. I really wanted to have a good time. Some of my friends who do listen to this podcast recommended it. And I want to say thank you so much because there was a lot of potential for us to have a good time. And I think that the problem had a lot to do with the fact that we were some of the last people coming for the night. And so they were probably just like ready to go. Also the least drunk too. We were the least drunk. But in theory, like it was the the very last part of the show was Mm -hmm. really good. Yeah, it was good. It was it was so fun. I had so much fun. I told uh, oh, when Alex and I were talking about it the other day in the car, mm-hmm. he was like, so like, what did you guys do when you were there besides like go out to eat? And I was like, oh, we learned a lot about crack in our hotel room. <laughs> and you might be thinking, oh, wow, that's disgusting. You guys do crack. I'm turning it off. But wait, we do not. We just watched a lot of cops. I and forgot then we, we Googled, did that. We Googled about crack for like two hours. Because like every episode, there was something yeah. to do with crack. And I was like, I know nothing about this. But guess what? Now we know everything. So ask us anything. Mm. Shut up. Sound smart. I like. Oh, we had a really. <laughs> shut up. Sound smart. <laughs> I just caught that. I was thinking about the Mai Tai I had. <laughs> we had really good food while we were there, though. Really good drinks. Okay. Back to my story. It's not my story. Back to the story. Mm-hmm. I'm stalling because I can't find my place. Honestly, when you said the name Hernandez, I thought this was going to be that baseball story. The baseball guy who was Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, he wasn't a baseball player. Oh, who? What? What was he? He was a Patriots NFL football player. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Alex Hernandez is J Lo's ex. Right? No, Aaron. What? No. Who's J Lo's ex? Are you joking right now? A Rod. I don't know who that Rodriguez. What's the first name? What is wrong with you? I don't follow. I, I don't know the name. I don't know his first name. I'm like not thinking of it right now. But Aaron yeah, A Rod. Aaron. I think A Rod. He just Does goes he just by A Rod. Yeah, he was cute. I really thought they were gonna last. I think he's a cheater. Oh yeah. Okay, so. She gets in the car because he doesn't look suspicious. She thinks like maybe he's someone that is from around their area. Because she doesn't know him, she does ask him to drop her off at a restaurant near her house instead of her actual house. Oh, that was smart. Yeah. Um, 
so she doesn't give him his, her address at all. She just tells him like to drop her off at a restaurant. And as they're heading in the direction, that direction, the man tells Abby that he needs to make a stop at Home Depot. No, 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 no. Yeah. And then he pulls into a spot that's like the furthest spot in the parking lot. Did she ask to go in with him? No. So she says like, that's kind of like when she started to begin to feel like something was wrong. And shortly after. Because he's like, let me just stop here, get all my murder supplies. No. No? No. Wow. Bad stuff is about to happen. Oh, he doesn't actually go in the store? No. Oh. I'm literally the se- a sentence away from telling you what happens. <laughs> so anyway, she gets the feeling that something is wrong, as you also have that feeling right now. Yes. Okay. And he pulls a gun on her, pulls a gun out, says- In public? In the car. They're in the furthest know, spot but, away okay. from the, the building. Okay. And he pulls the gun out. He says, if you try and scream or try to escape or make any noise or effort to escape, there's going to be consequences. Okay. And, uh, okay, I have to stop writing notes, dude, because my literal next sentence says, he also suggested if she tried to scream or escape, he would slit her throat open, which I could have just all said that all at one time. But yeah, so he basically like threatens to slit her throat open if she tries to scream and told her he was capable of blowing her fucking brains out. Mm. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, he then takes the baseball cap off his head and puts it on her head and slides the brim down so that it covers her face. He handcuffs her and puts a jacket over her head. Then he just literally tells her to bear with him because he's having a bad time in life. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? I had a bad day. Let me threaten you to sleep. No, he's having a hard time in life. So I'm just going to kidnap you. So in the 2020 interview I mentioned watching earlier, Abby said, I remember thinking to myself, okay, I got to work with this guy. And so I said, I don't judge you for this. If you let me go, I won't tell anybody about this. I said, you actually seem really smart. And then she recalled like making other additional efforts to stroke his ego. Like when I'm over. Yeah. So as they drive off, Nathaniel tells Abby that he's taking her somewhere that he says is, quote, more comfortable. And when Abby asks if he's going to rape her, Nathaniel asks her how old she is. That's not the response. You right. <laughs> uh, let me think about it. What? Yeah, that's not the response. Uh, so, yeah. So that's I don't know that I would have the courage to even ask that anyways. Yeah. Oh, dude, she is like... She's a badass yeah, already. She's, I could not do what she did. Yeah, I don't think I would even attempt to win him over. I would just like shut down. I Yeah, I want to say that I would. That's like in my head what I know I should do. But yeah, I right. think I would also just shut down. And then when I shut down and I'm not giving... I am uber bitch, like ice queen, dude. I cannot help it. There's nothing approachable or friendly about me not trying. We would not have had the same results of the story. No. When Abby tells him that she's only four, or sorry, so she just tells him that he's she's 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't say what he does or says after that. Uh, but spoiler alert, he does rape her. So clearly 14 was acceptable. That's so gross. Yeah. At one point, Abby had tried to peek through the car window and Nathaniel fired a stun gun at her leg. Are you serious? Dead serious. So Abby said that she had kind of hoped that her phone would like he wouldn't know about her phone. Right. And that the GPS would kind of help the police to find her. But Nathaniel already thought of that. So he was 2013, right? Mm hmm. 
so I'm at, at yeah. that point every teenager had a phone basically so yeah. yeah and anyway yeah he was already on that page and he told her that he knew that the phone would track them so he took it in both her his hands and she said he just started like breaking it with his bare hands yikes yeah as he was like driving still right mm-hmm. so her last message that she had sent was a heart emoji to her boyfriend Jimmy at 2.53 p.m. and by 3.07 p.m. Abby's phone had lost signal about one mile from her house oh my gosh yeah so nathaniel took all back road intentionally took all back roads into the mountain into the mountains careful so he was careful to avoid like any traffic cameras and stuff right or since it's such a small town like people that would see her yeah so abby talks about how on the drive she had thought that if she started to sing amazing grace that maybe god would help her Uh, yeah uh and fucking nathaniel interpreted this as meaning that she wanted to listen to music so he looked up or he hooked up his ipod and began playing paint it black by the rolling stones like i see a red door i want to paint it black is that that song yeah that okay that's very different from amazing grace right and he's like oh you want to listen to some music check it out i got some tunes on my ipod rupert sings that song all the time because i'm currently just painting the house black. <laughs> it's not a bad song i also like that song yeah. but that's like a really ominous ominous song to mm-hmm. be like listening oh god whatever anyway so he proceeds to drive abby to his mobile home which is located in gorham and that's just another small town with about also 2000 residents so he wasn't like local to her town only 30 miles away that's a long drive though no it's not i hate driving i'm 22 miles from your house yeah that's too far it is also i agree (laughs) i agree but like not that far i guess so not much further than you have to drive to come see me or vice versa yeah so but yeah so this okay another thing i meant to say right at the top i know some of the people who listen to this podcast and I know some of you guys are gun people or like whatever. Here's what I want to say off the top. I am not a gun person. <laughs> I do not like guns one little bit. But that is just my feelings. And I don't hate the idea of people having guns or whatever. Have your guns. Okay. Right. So I don't want to offend anybody when I'm talking about the kind of guy that this dude is. He is very like. I'm I don't very know, like much the- so. So you and I are opposite on guns. So I, we'll have like a yeah. mutual. So I'm very much so. I'm okay with guns with restrictions and safety and yeah. um, all that jazz so people don't get hurt. I don't. I'm not okay with just anybody having a gun yeah in my head just throw them all away but i get like i get it i get that that's not the appropriate solution right so you don't have to scream at me i already know and we do come like we spent a lot of our childhood together but we do come from different backgrounds like yeah i grew up shooting i also grew up with a very gun loving father so it's not even my background it's just like my personal preference and The point that I'm trying to make is that I'm going to talk about this guy's like house and I just want to be very clear that I think that this is uncomfy for me personally, but I respect that like people are allowed to like what they like, even if it's guns. That's all I wanted to say. I am just anxious about making a whole bunch of people mad at me. I'm not trying to take anybody's guns away. Do whatever. This house of his is like covered in American flags. Oh yeah, you get what I'm trying to say. Okay, you're picking up what I'm laying down. Yeah, all right. So there, okay, so there's a 
there's a difference, right? He's not That's what like I'm trying a to say. Normal... I don't want to be like, oh, I'm talking a lot of shit about this guy, but it's like this guy is a shitty guy, right? It's not your like normal everyday yeah. gun owner. So my like the gun thing is like very much directed at this particular man, not the people who like guns who are listening to this podcast. Is what I'm trying to say, right? Okay, so different type of people, very different type of people. Yeah, this dude. Has, yeah, so American flags everywhere. Like, no joke. I saw video footage and pictures of this dude's house. You walk in, or there's a flag outside. Fine, that's normal for people. You walk in, they're hanging up everywhere. He has a framed copy of the Declaration of Independence. And this will surprise absolutely no one, but he also has guns everywhere. But, okay. Do you know if they were, like, locked up, or did he just have them? Like, no, he just out, had out. them laying around okay. everywhere. He's not, so he's not a safe gun owner in general no no no. everywhere this dude had i don't know i thought i wrote this down but i guess i didn't so cool i do that all the time you do best when you don't he had american flag throw pillows he had american flag art hanging from his wall if it wasn't a regular flag it was like an embroidered like stitched framed american flag thing he was a a very specific type of workout room he had like a room that had workout equipment. His rug that went under his like gym equipment was an American flag. That had to have cost a lot of money <gasps> to decorate so his weird. home. Yeah. Okay. This dude was hardcore, like wanted to bone the second amendment mm. basically. Oh, and also if that wasn't creepy, if it wasn't weird enough that he just lets guns lay out in his house, he also builds them. He worked as a machinist for two different gun makers. One was Green Mountain Rifle Barrel Company and the other was EMM Precision Guns. There's a difference between gun fanatic and gun like obsessed and this guy is obsessed yeah so he's been like really into guns since he was a kid like in high school he was i feel like that's a red flag yeah yeah yeah. he was definitely described as being a bully and a weird kid that everyone was scared of and as you might imagine he was no stranger to the police okay yeah so he shouldn't have been able to get a gun to begin with well that's my okay so that's my personal opinion Mm, yeah a lot of his conflicts that he was having with the like a lot of conflicts that he had involved weapons and violence so yeah not not your ideal gun candidate no what i'm trying to get at the first okay whatever i have lots of it yeah all right so i'm not a hundred percent certain where he grew up it sounds like he also grew up in north conway like where she's from yeah and then moved to gorham but all of these like sources are a little hard there's not a lot of information about him either before this incident so it's kind of body before this incident yeah so it's kind of hard to track like exactly where he came from but it seems like he's from at least that area i do know that he was living in north conway when he or in conway north conway like where she was from when he was at least 12 because there's a former Conway lieutenant on the police force that recalls knowing Nathaniel recalled knowing Nathaniel since he was 12 years old. Okay. Yeah. That guy's name was Chris Purley and Purley suggested that Nathaniel was smart, but that he was quote brutally myopic in whatever view he had. What does myopic mean? Uh, basically you're not going to be able to change the way he sees the world. Oh, this is a flat earther. His house dude. Makes <laughs> yeah. Okay. Flat He's earther. Like, yeah. 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 He's like a big hardcore conspiracy theorist. So we watch flat earth documentaries and stuff for like funsies. We do that with Rupert's little brother. So that's like one of our family pastimes. <laughs> <laughs> so we do. And we just 
like randomly quote stupid stuff oh, from those no. documentaries. <laughs> That's so funny. I've never really paid any attention to the flat earth thing, but now I kind of want to watch one. There's of like them. huge conventions and stuff for it. I believe it. I believe it. It's like the people with the Pizzagate thing. That's my favorite conspiracy theory. I read I about it for a long time on Reddit one time. I didn't know about it until the podcast that we both listen to a lot mm-hmm. um, covered an episode. And I was like, what the fuck am I listening yeah, to? Yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, he basically lived. So he lives in this mobile home park now currently okay and everyone or or like all the people in his neighborhood described him as being weird disgruntled and even some were saying that they were or said that they were afraid of him abby later found out through conversations with nathaniel that he had gone to prison when he was a teenager for 42 days do we know for what i don't know exactly for what but he spent most of that time in a psych ward because he was deemed to be a threat to himself yeah so he definitely should not have had any sort of access to guns at all yeah so once they arrived at his house nathaniel put abby into a cramped windowless shed on his property with a disgusting green carpet okay wait so this was in a mobile park home mm-hmm. aren't they kind of like really close together though not always okay i have a lot of family who lives in them and yeah. theirs were always like you know like right next to each other yeah, type no, some of, thing. of them are pretty far oh. apart yeah oh from what i could see in the footage of his they weren't like super close together but they weren't like super far apart but he had enough room that he could put a storage container in the backyard like a full-on like mm-hmm. shipping three thousand square feet or whatever two th- no that was three thousand dollars it cost three thousand dollars <laughs> i was gonna say that's bigger that's like, than my Whoa. house no that's wrong i was trying to jump ahead in my head i was trying to use my head to jump ahead in my notes yeah but wrong that didn't work <laughs> <laughs> yeah no like just a regular sized shipping container yeah wild so there seems so to be he like a decent of amount of space yeah because yeah. those are um, sometimes the size of mobile home okay so he had like that really disgusting green carpet and then he had a don't tread on me flag the like yellow one with the snake on it Mm. Mm -hmm. and it was on the wall next to like a bunch of tools so that sounds creepy it's also a weird place to hang it kind of hanging everywhere (laughs) his house was really full with all those american flags oh my gosh so yeah she abby described the place as looking like a workshop he covered her eyes with tape a shirt and then a motorcycle helmet that's excessive it's gonna be bad tape like uh, just sure. mouth and eyes or do we i know? don't know it doesn't say i'm assuming he put tape over her mouth then he put the shirt over her head and then a motorcycle helmet on top how wish i would not be able to breathe i don't know dude uh it's, or stay calm yeah it's fucked up um he takes her clothes off zip ties her hands and feet so tightly that they leave scars on her wrists and she starts to lose like finger feeling in her fingers and oh her gosh. hands and stuff and then yeah he proceeds to sexually assault her Abby says the whole time that she was just like praying to God in her head, but said that she refused to say amen because she was hoping if she didn't end her prayers that God wouldn't leave her, which just makes you want to fucking cry. That's so sad. And that's such in depth <laughs> logic that you're going like you're logicking through, I guess, or yeah. having while you're going through something traumatic. <sighs> it's like crazy. So, yeah, I. All right. I'm not super, super sure of like the chronicle logic, like the chronological sequence of some of the events that I'm going to say next because mm-hmm. stuff happens in the movie. Maybe it's happening in the right order. There's like no, because she was a minor, there was so little information being put out about this case for the longest time. Right. So 
everything Which makes sense yeah so there's not like they say things that happen that come out from like when i was reading through court stuff for the case but overall it's just really hard to tell when everything was happening so just bear that in mind while i'm going through when i have a date or when i know for sure something happened i'll definitely say so okay. but just these are things that happened while she was there for nine months that's such a long time yeah the prosecutors in nathaniel kibbe's case shared that nathaniel repeatedly tased abby put a chain around her neck taped her eyes shut and then carried her into his trailer where he sexually assaulted her again while tied down to his bed so he did all the tying and everything up in the shed and then just moved her to the house like it seems like he just carried her from the shed into the house yeah okay that seems um what i'm yeah so ugh, this is so frustrating and it's nobody's fault but he has a shed he has his trailer and he has a storage container it is so hard to follow where she was kept at what point or like how often she was in what spot okay because for one the 2020 episode that i watched it doesn't like necessarily go in chronological order either it just kind of like jumps back and forth for the because they want to try and set it up to make it seem like she didn't survive so like the first part of it is like her mom and friends talking and then later they bring her in like haha she lived oh that's annoying yeah so it's like just people just saying let her all, tell her own story yeah so it's just people saying things here and there and you're just kind of like i obviously knew she lived because i read about it before watching it but right. anyway it was just so confusing it's so confusing i don't know where she was at what points in time okay so well, and it's it's not pertinent to the yeah, story so right? i don't like know exactly how that was happening i don't know my understanding is she was brought to a shed he sexually assaults her in the shed and then later moves her inside and ties her to the bed. Okay. Sexually assaults her there. Later, she is moved to the storage container at some point. That's so weird that I he believe. keeps just moving her. Yeah. I don't know. This guy's weird anyway. Yeah. I'm not going to try and understand him. The worst part to me. No, that's not fair. This whole thing is the worst part. But yeah. what would drive me insane is what he does to like drown out the sound. He plays heavy music, heavy metal music, super loud no i would die that's literally like torture uh, things they so use. matt like really likes metal and like heavy metal music it it drives me insane and he doesn't I, even listen to it loud i also love metal music and i would not be able to handle that when i hear heavy metal music like loud or not even loud just regular it feels like i want to like pull my eye like scratch my eyeballs out you're like overstimulated yeah and i everything. get so overstimulated by it i'm sure it's good music so i'm not even like shitting on it but i yeah <laughs> it i am so overstimulated by it yeah. I, I could not have done what she did heavy metal music really not gonna work for me she killed it thank god what do you mean she killed i mean it? like she killed like she did great oh she, i thought you meant like she was able like, to destroy it or something. no i meant like sorry she handled this like a rock star right okay yeah eventually he- a heavy metal rock star <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> Eventually, he started telling her that he was thinking about finding... Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sometimes I read ahead of my notes when I'm, like, trying to read it, and then I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot about this, but this is so fucked up. He started telling her that he was going to try and find a new, more humane way to keep her quiet. What does that even mean? Okay. Like, what was... Okay. I guess he had, like... He had her, like, gagged and stuff before. He decides that that humane way is to put a shock collar on her. How, okay. One of those shock collars that is like an like anti-barking. Bark collar? Yeah. 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 So he keeps her in diapers and puts a shock collar around her neck. What? Yep. And then, okay, after he puts the shock collar on her, he says that she should try and scream. To test it out? Mm-hmm. 
And so when she does, like she says, she starts like, I didn't write this down, <laughs> but she says like, she like starts off kind of quiet and then like does it. Cause that's what he's telling her to do. Yeah. And it, yeah, it shocks her. And after that, he's like, good. Now you know what it feels like. He also refused to tell her what his name is and told her to call him master. No. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't like anything mm. about this. Yeah. So in the movie, he says that and then he's like, oh, but that would be weird, right? And so she ends up calling him something else. But now I can't remember the what it is. The whole fucking thing is weird. But uh, whatever. Anyway, also, like we see in the movie, he places a tube in her mouth and gave Abby what she described as like a toggle-like uh, device. If she wanted to get water, she would just like press the toggle so that water would drip into her mouth. And he like kind of just like weaved it into her restraints. She had to like use her thumb. And Was it fully down her throat or just into her mouth? No, it was just like drip water in. Okay. She couldn't even turn it on that high. And I was thinking about it and like, yeah, that makes sense because she could just drown, drown herself. herself. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this, this was premeditated. Oh, like for he had sure. all this for stuff set sure. up. Yeah. So Abby's mom, Zenya, had known something was wrong almost immediately whenever Zenya didn't return home from school that day. She kept trying to reach Abby by calling and texting, but she wouldn't get or she couldn't get a response. And Zenya ended up driving up to the school to see if Abby had stayed behind with friends. And then she spoke to the librarian who had confirmed seeing Abby leave around 2.30 p.m. This is when Zenya began to worry that Abby might have gotten hurt or that like some kind of medical emergency had happened when she was on her way home. Right, because they live in a town where you wouldn't think of having like... Exactly. ...kidnapping emergency. Yeah. So in Zenya's portion of the 2020 interview, she says that she was thinking like, okay, what if she had an injury or broke her leg or had appendicitis? Who knows? Maybe she got hit by a car. But whenever she called the local hospitals, Abby wasn't there. So Zenya grew increasingly worried because she was sure that there was no chance that Abby had just up and run off. Right. Like I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Especially because her birthday is like right there, only a few right. days away. Bumi got out of the fence once and I went into full on like running around the neighborhood panic mode and he's my dog like yeah. i couldn't imagine Ugh, my child either. doing that and abby's best friend miranda also corroborates this by saying that there's just no way that abby would have run away she doesn't run away from her problems she faces them head on she, she has just no went, history of being yeah so she's not gonna just run away by 7 p.m zenya she's already grown frantic and she goes to the conway police department to file a missing persons report and the fbi began searching a nearby apartment complex off route 16 and the search continued to ramp up as more people got involved so basically everybody was in on this right the conway police department attorneys general attorney general's office state police fbi local residents everyone was out there trying to and find none her of them, like question of no they're all just right? like really trying to help find abby yeah also her story ran on the evening news every evening like they were really serious about this and her right. parent her family was like really big on trying to make sure that her story stayed in the well, news that's not what we would normally see in, in a kidnapping case either because normally they're like oh they just ran away and then you have to wait a certain amount of time yeah because uh, i don't know the some of the people um like the investigators that were interviewed on 2020 were just basically like no we could tell sh like from how like, or we could tell pretty early on that like this was definitely a kidnapping and not just her running off well good i'm glad i mean yeah. they, any missing child should be treated that way yep so because the coverage was on every evening her mom ends up doing a press conference and fucked up nathaniel lets abby watch her mom's press conference about her missing and like points out that like everyone's looking for you 
I'm getting away with it. Yeah. Nothing was turning up. Like there were no clues about where Abby had gone to. On Abby's birthday, there was a vigil and Zenya sent a tearful message talking about how much she loved and missed her daughter and hoped she would make it back home. I thought vigils were for like people who have passed away already. No, they do it for like people who are missing people? too. Yeah. I didn't know that. But yeah. So every night there was a press conference and every night they encouraged residents to call in if they had seen anything. So about two weeks after Abby had been kidnapped, Nathaniel allows her to write a letter to her mother oh how kind of him yeah right on the first draft of the letter she uses her thumbnail to etch the words help and kidnap onto the paper hoping that he's not going to notice right unfortunately he does and he attacks her viciously by holding a stun gun to her feet before he'll let her write a new draft he like holds her down there and like puts the stun gun to her feet That's she awful. said it was like some of the worst pain yeah anyway he does like i her feel write. like that really mess with your heart right if you're just continuously holding it down i don't know i don't want to find out yeah but he does let her write a new letter and the letter was dated october 23rd 2013 but her mom did not get the letter until november 6th wait so when was was it written October? October. It was dated October 23rd, 2013, but her mom doesn't get the letter until November 6th. But it's not necessarily because he held on to it. He did send it. Just mail Her mom was just really struggling to get through like daily activities and they had a P.O. box. Oh. So she just hadn't gone to check the mail, which yeah. same dude. I don't even walk down the end of my driveway to check my mail. Right. If Matt didn't check our mail, nobody would. <laughs> same. So like I no fault there. Well, especially with all the stuff that she's going yeah, through. Like no one I, wants to think. Exactly. So it had been about a month since Abby went missing by the time that she gets like finds this letter. And her the story of Abby's disappearance was losing momentum in the media. So even though the letter was in Abby's handwriting, Zenya could immediately sense that the words being written were not Abby's. Abby's own words. I was going to ask if we knew what it was said. Yeah, I'm about to read it to you. Okay. So the letter says, Dear Mom, I miss you and love you so much more than you could imagine. I'm sorry I did this. I've seen the newspaper and TV news. And to answer your questions, yes, I'm alive. I'm safe and I'm healthy. I really miss you, Mom. But I won't tell you where I am. I love you so much. Please stay strong for me. I'm staying strong for you. I've come to realize that along with love and courage, hope can speak louder than fear. Please don't lose hope. Hang in there for me, mom. I had a dream where I came home and gave you the biggest hug ever. I don't know if it matters, but I like to think that it does. Please don't forget that I love you. Please give Sarah a hug for me and tell her that I love her and miss her very much. I pray to God with my dreams, or I pray to God my, that my dreams will come true. Love, Abby. So she has like all like hearts like at the ends of some of the sen- a lot of the sentences, and then yeah. she drew like a little butterfly and a flower in the butter or in the bottom corner. Zenya, of course, hands the letter immediately over to law enforcement, and they're able to get some of Abby's DNA off the letter, but they have no way of knowing how Abby was able to send the letter. So mm. there wasn't like a address or local postal stamp or anything right and so like their fear is that like they don't know if her captor gave her permission to write it or if she found a way to sneak a letter out Mm. so because of that they're kind of like thinking it's going to be pretty dangerous to reveal that they got the letter and risk her cap at the risk of her captor not knowing that she sent it. Right. So they don't say anything about it for well, a little while. Well, you think if she, you know, was able to sneak it out, she would give more information about her whereabouts. Right. But I mean, like, better safe than sorry. Right. No, I agree with their decision. But Yeah. But they only sit on it for, like, a, a month. Bef- but they don't have anything. So eventually they do, like, after about a month, they do release the letter to the public. Okay. After they release it to the public... Just to back up, the law law enforcement is still concerned with Abby's disappearance. Right. They still fully think that she was like kiss like, kiss appeared. Wow. Kidnapped <laughs> and not that she was a runaway. Right. 
And they're sticking to that, which is... Yes, and they even clarify this in a press conference regarding the letter. They say that they're treating the case still as a missing persons case. Mm -hmm. Because also, I forgot to say this earlier, she had money that she had left at home and only left school wearing the clothes that she was wearing, She, including the impractical boots she was wearing. She was not in a position, like, to run away. She didn't preemptively, like, pack a bag or anything. Exactly. And she literally left her money at home. Nothing is adding up to being a runaway. However... The public took her letter pretty much at face value, and they were just saying that she ran away. A whole bunch of local residents were really outraged with the Hernandez family, suggesting that Abby was just a teenage punk who ran off, and suggesting that she doesn't sound like she's in any danger. If the police are saying that she is, then who are you to say anything different? So a whole bunch of people were like calling the Hernandez family, asking that or telling them they needed to pay the state back for investigating, and suggesting that they knew the story was fishy from the beginning. Which, whatever. Okay, it doesn't... Okay, either way, their child is missing. Runaway or kidnapped. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You have no right to call them and, and harass them. And they're still investigating. Right. By the way, so... Ugh, whatever. Do we know if the kidnapper called at any point? No, not that I know of. Okay. Um. So, Miranda, Abby's best friend, says that following the letter, everybody at school was, like, talking about the letter and Abby's disappearance, and a whole bunch of them were basically saying that they thought she had just gotten pregnant and ran away. Okay. Unfortunately, the letter doesn't do anything but spur rumors and provide a small sense of hope for Abby's family that she is still alive. Which and they have every right <laughs> to have that Oh, no, hope. for sure, for sure. I'm just saying, like, that's all they get off it. There's no DNA. Right. There's nothing else that's coming of it. Nobody knows anything. So the case starts to go cold. There's, like, a period of time where Nathaniel begins to get really paranoid. And he starts telling Abby that they need to move and that she knows too much. Uh, so he ends up putting her in the trunk of his car. She knows about your American flags. What does she know? Right. He's wearing a mask, by the way. Like, so she knows nothing. Yeah, she doesn't and know his other name. Than his music she taste. saw him obviously when he first got her, but then like that was months ago though. Exactly. So whatever. He puts her in the trunk of his car and he's driving around for a really long time. In her interview, Abby said that the so way he has a car now. No, the, he's had a car truck. the whole time. Well, okay. okay. I don't know. I don't know. One place said a truck. This place is saying a car. Vehicle. She literally says that he she put he put her in the trunk of his car. So I have to imagine he either has one of both. Yeah. Or that the other source was wrong and i well, just never has, changed like a it. workshop type thing then it makes sense that he would have like a truck and a car yeah. for like work purposes i don't know i know for sure that abby says she was put in a trunk so he for sure has some kind of vehicle with yeah. a trunk or got his hands on it somehow yes he puts her in the trunk of this car and he's driving around for a really long time in her interview, she said that the way that she tried to keep track of how long they were driving was that she would sing that song American Pie because she knew that it took her because she says she knew it took her eight minutes to get through that song. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess it's a really long song. I literally know those words of the song because they were playing it on the interview yeah. when, I, when I was watching it. Yeah, so she's singing that song to herself to like get through, but yeah, it's impossible. They drive forever. And the car ends up stopping after a really long time. Nathaniel gets Abby out of the trunk and throws her over his shoulder and then carries her into a room and tosses her down on a mattress. And he tells her that he made a room for her and it's where she would end up spending the next few months. Jeez. Yeah. So at some point during March of 2014, while he still has Abby in the storage container. Do we... Okay. So wait, we just hop? Maybe. Okay. I don't know when this whole little drive around situation happens. Okay. Here's what I want to say. I'm going to say that, or I have this later in my notes. He took her to the same storage container. So he just, he just put her, her in another room. 
So he took her out, changed it around. Took it out, drove around to make it seem like they were going somewhere else, and then just put her in an entirely different room that she hadn't been in before. Oh. In the same storage container. Okay. I don't know when that happened. So I put it in there. What I do know is that in some point, at some point in March of 2014, mm-hmm. when Abby is still in the storage container, so it could be before the room change or after, okay. I don't know, Nathaniel gets involved in a minor car accident that ends up resulting in an assault charge being filed against him. If this is the same accident I read about, Nathaniel essentially gets into this minor car accident with a lady, follows her home, and where he pushes her to the ground in her driveway after she told him to stop taking pictures of her car. So he... So they get into an accident. Do I don't know, know who how, who, what. Okay. He follows her home and he's like trying to take pictures of her car in the driveway. She tells him to stop and he shoves her to the ground. Okay. I'm not trying to side with the kidnapper, but you are supposed to take pictures of cars right, when but you have accidents. Then you just call the police. Right. Like you don't shove someone to the ground. No. I agree with that, but like, were the so the police were never called for that accident. I don't know that they were called for the accident at all. It seems like they got called because of the assault. But like, if you don't want this man on your property, or if you this person drives away, you call Call, the police. Like, none of this was handled right for anybody. It doesn't seem like any side handled it appropriately. Um, But I don't know the full details, so who knows? Maybe she did call the police. Maybe it didn't go the way he wanted. I don't know. Maybe he got a little unruly at the like crash site and she needed to go home type of thing. Okay, so he gets a trespassing and assault charge filed on him. Rightfully so. The movie... It, this feels so weird. In the movies, it seems like they try to make him seem so harmless and like, oh, that guy, he's fine, whatever. He's a little nut, but like, it's fine. But really, he has like not a good reputation with the police, like in real life. Right. So I don't know why in the movie it was meant to be like. Well, and it's not like all of his past charges were harmless ones either. They were yeah. involving violence. They were involving weapons. They, yeah. It wasn't like. Oh, Joe Schmo is drunk on the sidewalk again. Yeah, but it was just like this really cringy thing where they're like, yeah, I mean, he's a nice guy, just a little bit of a nutcase. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like bonding with him over how the woman he hit is like a local crazy lady in the movie. Yeah. And I don't know. It's so weird to me. But the whole interaction is weird. Yeah. It Like the movie specifically made it seem really weird and it was just kind of gross. But yeah, in real life, it seems like he I mean, he overreacted in the movie, too. But in yeah. real life, it seems like he's not as friendly with the police as they're trying to make it seem like in the movie. Right. Uh, so as a result of this incident, part of his bail conditions required that he turned over his gun collection to the police. Uh, so basically, the police think that Nathaniel's going to throw this huge fit because he loves the fucking Constitution. They're just like, oh, he's not going to like this. But... To their surprise, Nathaniel calls them up himself to hand over his guns. Because he doesn't want them going to their house. What? To his house. No, he, he's just being a cooperative citizen, ma'am. For the first time so in listen, his entire here, track record. Let me tell you how cooperative he is, okay? And maybe you'll change your mind. So he goes ahead and pulls all his guns outside to the curb. Like little gun curbside pickup for the police. That's so weird. No, 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 no. He's doing his duty as a citizen. Okay. Mm, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, the police thought that was fucking weird too. They were like, uh, yeah, no one normally reaches out to us to turn their guns over. My and first this guy thought called would be- 
sorry go ahead oh no i was just saying this dude called before they even finished the fucking paperwork my first thought would be like he's either hiding some tank machine gun in his house that he doesn't want (sighs) us to see or there's something else happening yeah i think it's so weird i also am so okay so in the movie not the same because it's a fucking lifetime movie so really an amazing lifetime movie anyway how accurate is it really but in the movie they don't even go inside and look to make sure he brought all his guns and i just think that's really fucking weird because if your condition is to like give over all your guns would they not just go in and make sure you're giving them all their guns in all your areas but then they have like like a consent to search they would need a consent yeah and then maybe a search warrant yeah it just feels weird that you're like if they're registered they could just check the registry but like you would think that they would have going in to someone who they don't think is going to give up their guns you would think they would have been prepared to just well, go in the he's house a machinist. And he makes guns for a living oh you think that dude's not at home making guns i just so think was it included that they they took all of his equipment as well uh-uh so he I don't still know. technically had access to whatever i don't know but stuff. i just feel like okay well if he's making his own guns then they're not registered anyways right but when i'm i'm sure they are to some i'm sure i don't know i don't know okay you're asking me all these questions <laughs> i don't know i don't want to think about unregistered guns it just makes me get the heebie-jeebies okay what i'm trying to say though is like what doesn't make sense to me is how you can say now now we need as a condition of you not being in jail right now, we need to take all of your guns. And then there's nothing in place to be like... No oversight, yeah, no like, check. Okay, now we definitely have... Like, you should inherently have the right at that point to check and make sure right. if that's a condition of your bail. So why are they not checking the storage container? Why are they not checking the shed? Why are they not they checking his house? preemptively come with a search warrant. That's what I'm saying. It just seems so weird. But they're like, oh, wow, curbside pickup. Sick. My job's easy for five minutes it's like so weird to me and i don't know enough about this to say one way or the other it just seems weird yeah it is really and especially because the police mention being skeptical of the large storage container he has behind his house like that's weird Hmm. yeah that's weird what if that whole thing is filled with guns it is filled with a 14 well 15 year old girl now who's there against her will but you wouldn't know that Ah. yeah i know nothing about anyway whatever nathaniel was like a good old boy and turned over all his guns so they didn't have to explore the property further blah as dad would say gag me with a spoon that's (laughs) disgusting here's what i want to say here's some notable honorable mentions of dates that i could not find where to fit them consecutively into my little notes so i'm going to tell them to you right now okay so in april of 2014 he's let go from his job at emm precision where he had worked for five years okay and that's a gun building company yes and they say that he was a good worker but that they had staffing shortages okay so they let him go yeah that doesn't make sense i don't know then in july of 2014 that simple assault charge that he had against tammy shackford the woman he hit Mm -hmm. or got into that accident with and he pushed her that was dropped so he got all his guns back so no worries everybody he got his guns back does it say do you know why it was dropped no that's stupid not that not your notes being stupid him getting no my notes are also pretty stupid (laughs) i one day i'm gonna just 
I wish I could try one day to just like do this without having any notes and just know everything. I I think you could do it really well. I would not be I able to so do that. I get so distracted and I'll forget people's names and everything. Okay, That's why so I Okay, so names should, I think you should write yeah. down. Okay, so what I was saying way back when, when I accidentally said the storage container was 3,000 square feet, <laughs> what I was trying to say is that it's a $3,000 shipping container that is outfitted with electricity and space heaters. That's priced right. We yeah. looked at shipping containers to build a house. Yeah, they have so two to five makes sense. Yeah, and so he soundproofed all the walls. There was like a security camera that was on her, but it wasn't real. But she didn't know that it looked real. Yeah, so she felt like she had a security camera watching her like the whole time. Yeah, and then I just say again that in my notes, like I don't know when any of this is happening. Just so you guys know. Yeah, and the twenty twenty thing was jumping around too. For sure. But what to know for a fact is that when the police came and did not search his property to take all his guns, and they just did the little curbside pickup for him, uh, she was definitely in that storage container at that time. Yeah. So she was a hundred percent there and they just didn't do anything. Okay. Like I said earlier, when they do the little trunk car ride thing, because they have to quote move, he's just putting her back in the same so room. I wonder if he thinks that she's able to communicate with someone like why? No, no, no. I think he's just hella paranoid because he's doing something really fucking bad and he's not getting caught yet. So he probably is just like, okay, so he sells weed. I have to imagine he also smokes weed. He's probably just super fucking paranoid. He's I thought a weed weirdo. made you chill. Does no, weed it can make also you par- make you paranoid. Oh, I just assumed that was like when it was laced with stuff. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think some people get paranoia because get this. Some people think that uh, smoking weed can lead to schizophrenia, but that's not necessarily true per se from what I saw, from what I saw. What it's saying or what I've seen is that the link that marijuana, weed, whatever has to schizophrenia is that people who are already predisposed to being schizophrenic. It like triggers it or yeah, something. Okay. It could trigger it. Um, you would and, think the opposite. You would <laughs> think that it would help people with schizophrenia. Yeah. But also like people who are so I would imagine the same thing. People who are prone to having paranoia or having like that kind of thing going on are likely to be like set off by. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a weed expert, so maybe I'm wrong, but it's just a little article I read one That's time. That's like the one th- medical condition that marijuana doesn't help with. Wild. So yeah, but... Pushing anxiety. Good. Good. Schizophrenia, not so much. So yeah, he just... I also think it matters what kind of weed you're smoking, because there's two different strains. Oh, okay. Sativa and indica. And don't ask me which one does which. I can't remember. I always get them confused. Okay. So he puts her in a different room in the storage container after that trunk ride. He tells her that the door is rigged so that anyone who might attempt to rescue her would cause the wires to trip and the room would catch on fire. Well, I mean, if they're breaking the door down, she like rooms on fire great but like yeah i can still get um, out with my rescuer i know but she thinks that he has like explosives all like explosives oh. like it's all fake Did this she... isn't real but she like is under the she believes him and why right. wouldn't you because he's well did she scary. see the inside of his house too like with all the guns i don't know well i, I have mean, to if imagine she had at any point that would make yeah, sense I mean, for he's her to literally think using pulled a gun on her day one so i have to imagine yeah like she he, yeah she would think that he was weaponized at some point or some way so yeah after she's moved into this new room the dynamic between her and nathaniel kind of seems to shift a little bit 
And he goes from being extremely paranoid about her knowing anything about him to actually falling asleep in the room with her one night. Is that because it's like a more homely room or do we just... No, I think he just eventually like stop, like lets his guard down a little bit. Not necessarily intentionally per se, it just kind of happens. Because she's been there for so long. Yeah, Um, because at one point she says like that she says that it's like really weird, but at a certain point she started to feel comfortable with him. But because she's been there, like, you know, what is it? Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. So she still wants to leave. She still wants to get out of there. She still recognizes that she doesn't have any freedom and that like this is a scary, bad situation. But like there is like you've got to know this person for months now. There is a level of comfort in your like you've adjusted to the situation because people are fucking wild what right we can well do. and you're trying to make the best of like the worst situation possible exactly so yeah he falls asleep in the room with her and when abby wakes up she doesn't have her blindfold on and he didn't have his mask on so this happens like in the movie too yeah and when she woke up and realized that she could see his face she like quickly covered her eyes uh because she was afraid that she was going to get killed for seeing his face because he wanted her to forget what he looked like right. so bad that's fair and if he accidentally woke up too soon or was faking sleeping yeah so yeah i guess from that point on they kind of got a bit more like i don't know how to describe it maybe friendly i don't know it, that's not less, even like an appropriate word mouse more like it was more is... just like he started like talking to her and opening up to her like she was a friend to him you know what i mean she won him over somehow yeah like he uh, i don't know but he starts talking about himself to her and tells her things about like his side business of selling weed and how oh, much he hates the police i have a really dark thought what, what if he officially decided that he was just going to kill her Mm, I don't think so. So it didn't matter what he said or did. No, I don't think that's the case at all. I think he eventually just started to be like, like, like care about her Mm. in some capacity. Because if he was going to kill her, he had the opportunity to later. Right. When I tell you what's going to happen. Okay. And he lets her go, which tells me that he started to like have some kind of actually care about her. Yeah. Uh, Because I think she really did win him over. Like, she had been trying to do this whole time. Like, I think she finally, like, got some breakthrough when he accidentally fell asleep without his mask on. And then it's just kind of like, well, what the fuck, dude? Like... Yeah. She's so clever. Yeah. So, he tells her about his weed selling business they share a uh, interest in reading nathaniel has like a whole bunch of books at his house and she also likes reading so they kind of like talk over that like talk about that and then nathaniel decides to give her a cookbook he specifically says to her that she needs to know how to cook for her man whenever she got back home what oh and you think that's gross you think that's gross right uh he tells her that she's the closest thing that he would ever have to a daughter and so that's why he's trying to teach daughter right so that's why he's I'm sorry, please never reproduce ever, 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 even no, ever. So Abby's basically like, yeah, I think he was just saying that because, or I think that like the whole cookbook thing and like whatever he's like just trying to, or he thinks he's trying to like teach me something. It's his paternal instincts kicking in in between raping her. Disgusting, right? (sighs) So one good thing that comes out of the cookbook is that it has his name written in it because he's a big fucking idiot. Uh, Yeah. So yep abby's just doing her thing she sees his name and his dna all she over it. asks him if who's nate kibby because that's what was written inside of it and he's like how do you know my name and so yeah so she knows that now wait did he like it doesn't say anything that he did besides say how do you know my name okay so no yeah. no repercussions that we know of not that not that i know of this is a good episode We're it is a good really episode good ep- yeah uh so okay so she's doing her thing right she's like 
listening to him, trying to get him to trust her more by trying to be supportive and friendly with him. And she basically just went along with anything he wanted to do. And one of the things that he would, or yeah, sorry. One of the things that he wanted her to do was to help him make counterfeit money. So why can I not just like sit here as a normal person? I don't know what you're doing, but you're just destroying everything. (laughs) I just bump into everything (laughs) constantly. Anyway. So she like now has the opportunity to leave the room to help make counterfeit money? I don't know that that's true. It doesn't say so. Okay. But yeah, so he wants her to help him make counterfeit money because they owe him one anyway. So why not? Okay. Yeah. So do you want to guess what Nathaniel uses his counterfeit money for? Probably buying guns or weed. No, he has guns and weed. Oh, because he got them back. Buying candy. I don't know. What? What in the world? I don't know. My first thought was, oh, yarn. Yeah. Yarn? Yarn. That's what I would use counterfeit money for 100%. I am making a super cute sweater right now. Unrelated, though. Staying on topic. He uses what we're best at. his counterfeit money to pay a woman named Lauren Monday, who a lot of sources say is a sex worker. A lot. Okay, of them. so he has a regular sex worker. No, n- no, he. Okay, this is tricky. Fucking Christ, dude! Just stop touching it. <laughs> I'm not even trying. <laughs> I was pushing my glasses up. Okay. I this use my is, cheeks. That's why I do this no. all the time. Uh, this is where it gets kind of complicated. Lauren Monday is interviewed on the 2020 episode, too. Mm-hmm. Lauren does not say that she is a sex worker. Every other Well, source, she did on a TV show. She would be arrested, I'm right? I'm not going to say that she was a sex worker. No, she wouldn't. She'd be fine. She should be fine. I thought it was illegal unless mm, you were in certain states. They'd have states. to prove it also. Oh. Like, I don't, I think it's more complicated than that. What I want to say is that I'm not going to, I'm going to say what Lauren says okay. happened. That being said, they might not even, he might have paid other sex workers. Like, I don't know for sure that it's Lauren. It was just the money that he was using for yes, sex but he workers. was using the money, I'm sure for lots of things, but sex workers, it seems like, based off of the other sources, was one of them. Okay. However, I'm going to talk specifically about Lauren Monday because of the role that she has in Abby getting free. Okay. Okay. So she says that she met Nathaniel online and they later met up at a hotel. She said that she felt like she, that he needed someone to talk to and that that was all he wanted to do was talk. And so he, Nathaniel introduced himself to Lauren as Jay and the two of them spent a few hours together. Lauren says that they laid there and talked and he rubbed her head and played with her hair until she fell asleep. That's really creepy to me. Mm -hmm. But that's just because we know that about him. But like. But, like, as a complete stranger in general, like, I... Some people are fine. You didn't Tinder, so you don't know. That's fair. Tinder's where you booty call, and booty calling sometimes means head rubbing. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just talking on my ass, which you can see live on my OnlyFans. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Everybody's going to think I have an OnlyFans, and I do not. (laughs) I just really wish I did. And, yeah, we'll have one for... The podcast coming soon. <laughs> all right, back to the story. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I What I was trying to say, though, for real, all OnlyFans jokes aside, is I don't think it's that weird. I think, like, if they're both meeting for just, like, it doesn't have to be sex work. It can just be that they're meeting for, like, hooking up or whatever, and then he really just wants to, like, hang out. 
it's weird because of who he is to us. I don't think it's that weird that they did that. I don't think, and for me at least, I think it's weird all around. Not Sabrina, just because who he is. fucking Pisces. You're telling me that if you exclude Rupert from the equation, you're not married, you're single, younger self. You get on Tinder, you're talking with this guy, he seems cool, and you guys are... The hotel thing is a little weird, but maybe they just didn't, like, have somewhere to go, I guess. I don't know. You're telling me that you wouldn't just go and chill and talk about your feelings and how much you empathize with people, and then you get comfy, and then he starts rubbing your head. Okay, so that that makes sense to me the hotel part really does throw me off yeah but maybe she doesn't have her own space and then he obviously can't bring her back so he probably convinces her that he doesn't have his own space where they can be alone or private and that's the solution i just think that if you're going into a situation where you're being offered money nobody said anything about money she didn't get paid no okay all right whatever technically money is involved but he doesn't give her according to her he leaves money for the hotel room and i hope to god he only left money for our hotel room and that this is not her being underpaid because he left three fifty dollars bills and that woman deserves a way fucking more than that so i hope that he just paid for the hotel okay yeah later she goes to walmart and attempts to use one of those $50 bills. And that's where she finds out it's counterfeit. Aren't they supposed to like call the cops if you have counterfeit money? And they do. Okay. Okay. So she, law enforcement gets involved. She says she calls Nathaniel immediately. And she says, this is the quote in 2020 had to bleep it out. And I love that. (laughs) So she says, you motherfucker, you could have fucking at least told me how dare you play with my freedom. Whatever you're fucking making in your damn basement, you better clean it up right now because they're coming for your ass. Um, (laughs) My favorite. I love bleeps. I love that they bleep it out. But my favorite part of that whole thing is at the beginning. She's so confused because she's like, do I say what I really said? Cause she kind of like trips up on saying motherfucker. Cause she's like, mm, I can't say this on here, but yeah. like I said that and like, fuck it. And then she just goes for it like hardcore. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just really, really funny. I like Lauren. She's cool. I'll have to watch the 2020 then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the threats from Lauren that the police were coming obviously freaked Nathaniel the fuck out. Right. Thankfully, the actions that Nathaniel takes next are what lead to Abby's freedom and not her death. Because I was going to say, because you could uh, go either way. That's what I'm saying. For a minute, I was like, <gasps> he's yeah. going to fucking kill her. And then I was like, wait, Elizabeth, you know the story? <laughs> he's not going to kill her. <laughs> so yeah, he comes and gets Abby, puts her clothes back, or puts her back in the clothes that she came in, because he had been putting her in, like, I don't know, other clothes. In the movie, it was like sweatpants and a shirt and stuff like right. that. Right. And then he, they get in the car and drive, start driving. He stops at a Dairy Queen. Oh, I love Dairy to Queen. To get Abby something to eat. And she has to like wear a baseball cap to hide her face. And they just eat in the parking lot. And he's driving around without a mask, right? Yeah. Okay. So then he drives to a place about a mile away from where she lives. And he has her get out of the car. He makes her give him back his hat. And then he just drives off. And he makes sure that he's, she's fed first. Yeah. I wonder if she got ice cream. I don't know. 
Oh, I hope so. I would hate to go through Dairy Queen. Act. Well, I guess unless she's lactose intolerant, and then I hope she didn't have ice cream because <laughs> R.I.P. that booty. Been there. <laughs> so, like, I'm not trying to make light, like, because that's amazing that he actually let her go and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the Dairy Queen thing just kind of confuses me, especially oh, knowing really? that the they're cops like, are, are on the way. Who knows if they were really straight? I mean, like, they're on the way to his house, not to like dairy queen yeah but or he has maybe. to like go back and clean up and get rid of all of her dna and do you really think he's gonna do that i mean i don't know no of course not i don't know this guy abby says that she remembers looking up and laughing and just being so happy that she was a free person and from there she walks home she comes up the door and she says he she hears her mom talking on the phone and she opens the door and the two the mom and daughter are so happy to see each other very relieved she says that her mom like looks so different and like you could she could tell that the stress had really like gotten her to her yeah. and taken a toll on her and i'm just like oh that's really that's sad sad um but yeah so nathaniel gave abby a fake story to give the police about where she had been the whole time and she did i hope she didn't use oh, the fake story lucky guess that is not true she does use it for a little while about a week mm. um probably to make sure that she's safe enough yeah obviously the story doesn't include nathaniel but abby sticks to the story because nathaniel said that if she told the true story he would not only kill police if they came to get him but kill her family so uh, dropping her off a mile away from her house did she have to give him his address or did she give him a different address i have no idea okay i didn't know if this was like the restaurant in the beginning Mm, no idea so abby's mom describes abby as being extremely paranoid that nathaniel is quote everywhere and so the mom knows the real story no not quite okay not that i know of as far as i know she doesn't know right now but she does know that abby's like super paranoid maybe she does it doesn't say for sure but basically abby is just super paranoid that nathaniel's everywhere and knows what she's saying to her mom and if they're in a public place abby's like convinced that he's there like somewhere nearby yeah i don't know that i would be able to go into public for a very long time but finally she does give up nathaniel's name and location to authorities good for her meanwhile nathaniel's just waiting for the police to show up basically does he Um, even try fleeing no when the police arrive he's not confrontational with them which the police thought he would be he just goes like it's fine i wonder if there were worse stuff in his house there's so much stuff in his house yeah i didn't write it all down but there's a lot of stuff there he didn't get rid of any evidence okay yeah. So Nathaniel Kibbe was arrested on July 28th, 2014, charged with felony kidnapping. And then he was arraigned Tuesday, July 29th in the circuit court. Okay. Okay. August 12th, 2014, Abby's family lawyer, Michael Coney, and her mother post the following statement on their website, Find Ab- uh, Bring Abby Home. Okay. On behalf of Abigail Hernandez and her mother, Zenia Her- Hernandez, we want to thank the New Hampshire State Police, the FBI, the Conway Police Department, and all of the many law enforcement agencies that were involved in this effort. The FBI got involved? Mm-hmm. Or do they, they always do. get involved? Yeah, okay. FBI always gets involved when it's a kidnapping. Specifically kids. I don't know, but I think everybody, but definitely okay. kids. The community of Conway, the people of New England, and everyone that cared about Abby's abduction and prayed for Abby's safe return, as well as the media's efforts to bring attention to her kidnapping and assist with her miraculous survival. Abby needs and wants some time and space to physically and emotionally heal. It's going to be a long process in pursuit of justice for Abby and for Abby to get physically and emotionally stronger. We do not intend to have this case tried in the press. As the justice system moves forward, 
forward and the evidence is revealed, questions about this horrific event will be answered. Abby was violently abducted by a stranger. For many months, she suffered numerous acts of unspeakable violence. Through her faith, fortitude, and resilience, she is alive today and home with her family. Abby simply asks that you respect her wishes and the justice proceed as this case moves forward. We trust the just that justice will be done. On behalf of Abby, we ask that you be sensitive to the well-being of this child and give her the time and space she needs that any of us would desire for a member of our own family or loved one who suffered as she has. Are you able to choose whether your court case is being televised or not? I don't know that that's the case. I think what he's just saying is like, we're not talking about this to the media. This is not being talked about. Like when he's saying- We're not going to have like press conference updates. Exactly. We're not going to make this whole process- a thing that's happening over the media as in like, we're not going to give details. We're not going to talk about this or that. Like, just let it be. She's a a kid. She's gone through something really horrible. Let the justice system do its thing and you'll find out information as needed. Okay. Like as that happens. But as far as like, we're not doing anything in the media, which I think is fair. Yeah. Especially with how they responded to begin with, like the public calling and harassing her mom. Exactly. And it's just like, you guys are being dicks to her. You really want her to turn around now and tell you all the fucked up shit that you're lucky you got thanked in this letter exactly so basically all of that like kind of explains a little bit about why it's so hard to find it like the chronological sequence of things that happened to her because they didn't come out straight away so on december 17th 2014 nathaniel was indicted for a total of 205 charges holy crap these include kidnapping sexual assault robbery criminal threatening illegal use of a gun and illegal use of an electronic restraint device which is really good to know that is a thing yeah so were they able to give him a charge for every sexual assault? I believe so. Because okay. more than 150 of those charges, mostly relating to the sexual assault of Abby, ended up being redacted because they didn't want to put Abby through any trauma. So not taken off. He still was getting charged, but you they just can't read blanked it. it out. Yeah, you yeah. can't see it. So Abby's family also asked that her name and photo stop being used in order to help aid in her recovery. And actually a right, surprise. You don't want to be recognized in public as a person mm-hmm. who was kidnapped and, yeah. you know. So surprisingly, a good amount of news outlets did actually comply with those requests. And obviously the authorities did as well. So there's a little bit of drama with the court proceedings, Mm -hmm. which is fun. Nathaniel's attorney, Jesse Friedman, 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 we'll never know, who is a public (laughs) defender, was trying to have the judge force prosecutors to turn over the probable cause and search warrant affidavits, basically telling the judge that at this point, or he says, we're in the position that all we have is a piece of paper. In order to adequately defend Nate, we need an opportunity to see that, meaning the other documents, like the affidavits. The piece of paper he's referring to is just this one sentence police complaint against Nathaniel that says he committed the crime of kidnapping and he knowingly confined Abby with the purpose of committing an offense against her but it didn't say what offenses he had committed and that's all the information he had to defend him on (laughs) so far he's being a dick okay so this little Jesse whatever his fucking name is continued to try and explain that without more information he couldn't properly explain to Nathaniel what he was being charged with because even he doesn't know but what was really oh and sorry also in case i know you're worried about nathaniel and so i just want to put you at ease jesse was really trying to tell everybody like he's innocent and he's actually the victim of a warrantless search of his like whatever fuck that guy i can't even fake it didn't he willingly just 
go with them. Yeah, whatever. The defense was basically trying to suppress a bunch of evidence, including masks, firearms, and counterfeit money. Also, I read somewhere that there was like sex toys and like all kinds of fucked up shit going on there. But I don't know. That's yeah. not necessarily a credible source. So I didn't include it, but then I just well, said I mean, it. The, the printing of counterfeit money, is like that's a huge charge on its own. So yeah. even if he was innocent, quote unquote innocent, yeah. not, he would have been charged on. Basically, he's just mad because, okay, so what i'll get to it i'm so (laughs) frustrated this guy like irritates the shit out of me uh nathaniel was recorded making a jailhouse threat against associate attorney general jane young who was the prosecutor what is a jailhouse threat like basically threatening like trying to get her killed or hurt or something okay so the defense was also trying to get her to recuse herself because he was like you can't be a victim and a prosecutor she's not even a fucking victim nothing happened you guys just a fucking idiot yeah anyway she didn't recuse herself which good for fucking her but yeah so basically jane young the prosecutor explains to the court like during this whole thing where he's like oh we only have this one piece of paper that she has 10 fucking days to give him everything that they need and that they're actually still carrying out the search warrants which is why they're still using their fucking 10 days up (sighs) anyway okay yeah so he's like oh i only have this one piece of paper i need the search warrants he's like being like we don't know anything about what's going on and it's like no fucking kidding dude it's an ongoing investigation so why are they in court then because he's still arrested there's like he is charged with kidnapping okay but they're still searching his property oh i didn't think that you could like you had to have all of your evidence collected before you (laughs) went to court Mm mm-hmm no, you can collect evidence. Like, they can charge him with kidnapping, but there's other stuff going on. Other charges potentially being... Yeah, like, they're trying to say, like, we're going to give you... They have 10 days. So they're arresting him. They're charging him with these things based off of what they've found so far. Okay. I Is my assumption. And then they have 10 days to turn over Discovery. Okay. They're not going to trial for at least a year. Oh, this isn't like a thing where he's like pleading guilty or not. He's just being arraigned. He's just being charged. Oh, I thought this was like full blown. No, 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 no. Sorry. I'm sorry. I guess I confu- was confusing there. No, this is just him being arraigned, him being like they're pressing charges against him. Okay. And his lawyer is crying about the fact that he doesn't have all the discovery, but he has 10 days. Like they have 10 days to turn over everything they have, but it's an ongoing investigation. They're literally still executing their search warrants okay like that, okay yeah anyway whatever that dude should have shut the fuck up because he got like thirty-two thousand pages of discovery <laughs> later <laughs> so and then get this later on he asks for a delay to delay the trial even further because boo hoo there's so much stuff for him to read you asked for it you yeah. wanted it so fucking bad He's anyway. had like what a year to read through oh it my all? god longer in january of 2015 nathaniel pled not guilty to charges and his trial was on track to begin in a year from then so 2016 Okay. So his trial is scheduled to begin on March of 2016, and that's when his lawyer tries to make an attempt to delay it to June because of all the evidence he had to go through. Wait, so when was it supposed to be originally? March. Okay. Anyway, the judge denies that quest. So after this is what you asked. For. That's what I'm saying. That's what I. I would not be a good judge. I'd be like, oh really? Because earlier, weren't you just being crying about not having it? <laughs> you wanted it so fucking bad. Yeah. 
anyway, <laughs> I just think it's funny though. Okay. So after nearly two years of preparing for trial, Nathaniel ends up pleading guilty on Thursday, May 26, 2016. He agrees to a plea deal that he has to serve 45 to 90 years in prison. He has to participate in a sexual offenders program and he will serve his time outside of the state of New Hampshire. What kind of like that doesn't benefit you at all? Like, how is that? Oh, it doesn't benefit. There's nothing. He, what is he going to do? Right. I mean, the, like, why even accept the plea deal, though? Like, he just doesn't want to go through the case. Because he could get worse, probably, if he went to. But he's going to die in jail no matter what. So why does it he matter? He took the plea deal. I don't know. He's OK. So allegedly, I didn't write this down. <laughs> so I know that the prosecutor's and I believe this, said that they didn't want to put Abby through a trial. Okay. Which is fair. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think that the defense was on that page too, but maybe I read that somewhere. Fuck that dude. Fuck his lawyer. I respect not wanting to put her through the trauma of going through a trial. So, and also the word, it's not even about like the thing about trials is like, it's not even about going through and having to say everything that happened to you. It's like you are going up there saying everything that happens to you. And then you have this dickwad lawyer who turns around and questions you and says all this fucked up shit to you. It's like, you think that this fucking dude who is boohooing about all the papers he had to read that he wanted is not going to say some fucked up shit to a little, like a zero sympathy. Exactly. So Abby's really sweet. (laughs) And she gave a victim impact statement that said, and she said this, she said, I wish things didn't have to work out the way that in the way that they do, but I need to be safe. And so does my family. And I want you to know that I do not, I did not do this to you. I did not put you in prison. You put yourself in prison. She also discussed how her time in captivity still haunted her by saying, sometimes I don't feel like I'm completely free. There are certain aspects of my freedom I can never get back. But in the same aspect, I want you to know that I appreciate my freedom because of you. And I enjoy and appreciate my life because of you. And that I never look at sunshine in the same way. And that I never look at fresh air in the same way. That's really sweet. Yeah. Her mom was not about it. Her mom, (laughs) I didn't write what her mom said because it's not pertinent, but her mom was like, fuck this dude. Yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly what I would have said, but she was very nice to him. Anyway, Nathaniel apologized to Abby and her family, but otherwise said that he was at a loss for words, which whatever. I mean, I don't even apologize. You're yeah, not just sorry. Uh, so yeah, at the time of sentencing, Nathaniel had served, already served almost two years of his sentence, and he continues to remain in prison to this day. Good. Anyway, that's some really fucked up stuff that dude did to her. I think this is my favorite episode we've done so far. Disgusting. Not, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's because this was a Lifetime movie, huh? Probably. I just felt like I, I think this is the first movie that we've done that I haven't already known the story to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I learned a lot this episode. Yeah, because how was I supposed to know you were a professional figure skater? <laughs> And I don't know, know everything about fucking McDonald's. God. No, I think it was cool. True crime is like way more my thing. And I think some of the other episodes, it's like very much like this is this and this is that. Yeah. And this is like they the ones that like are based on like actual more like events and not things like, for example, I think. The I, Tanya episode is good, too. Yeah. Uh, the founder episode, like, with talking about McDonald's, it's very cut and dry. It's like, this is what it is. This is what happened. Yeah. And not that these things aren't, but it's a little... Well, it's a, it's more exciting when, I don't know, like, so for, like, the Zola episode, right? That like, we don't even have... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, whenever, or if we release that, that one was very much a 
if you saw the movie, you read the background. Like there yeah. is no, there is no like surprise to that one. Was a Lifetime movie, so it was really fucking stupid. <laughs> and so the whole thing is just about the real life story. Well, I like Lifetime. I know you do. <laughs> Anyway, it's pretty late since we, I don't know how to stop and redo this. Oh, really? I thought we were ending on, like, on time. No, I usually am getting home around nine, I feel like. Hi, everybody. We're here We're done. Still. We're done. All seriousness, we really, really do appreciate everybody who has stuck through all of our audio problems. Hopefully, I don't look like an <laughs> idiot saying this and we still have audio problems. But if we are still having problems, we are doing our absolute best to rectify that. We just spent a lot of money trying to fix it. Yes, and we will continue to do so if that is what's necessary. <laughs> really, really appreciate everybody yeah. who is sticking it out. We've had a few people that are like consistently listening and and encouraging. So, yes, very encouraging. So grateful. So thank you so much. Um, please, 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 especially if our audio is actually better on this podcast, share this with your friends. Yeah. We are really interested in getting this podcast off the ground and since sabrina isn't on board with our only fans idea <laughs> clearly she has a problem with my butthole um i guess we're gonna have to find other ways i can't even respond to that like how do you want me to respond to that <laughs> join us next week when we talk about a whole new movie and if you like this episode please let us know we'd and love to hear it oh and follow us on social media yeah yeah at the based on podcast everywhere Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was like, you forgot. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>